0: Hey guys, like me, you are probably dying to know what we gave together toward the next initiative on Commitment Sunday. Well, unfortunately, I don't have a number for you just yet. We still have gifts and commitments rolling in, and we're trying to get our hands around a final number. So two things in light of that. If you haven't gotten to be a part just yet, there's still time. Grab a next envelope, put your gift inside, make your three-year commitment, and mail it to our office first thing this upcoming week. Secondly, I want you to be back on Sunday, December the 6th. That's the day we're finally going to announce what we gave toward what's next for our church. I'll see you then. Well, good morning. Man, I just want to tag on to what James said. Listen, um, if you haven't had a chance to be a part of that, I just want to encourage you, whatever you feel like God is asking you to do, man, I just want to say, do it. I'm just telling you, it's really amazing to be part of something bigger than you. And it's amazing to do it with people that are your family. So I just want to encourage you guys to do that today. If you haven't, we have next envelopes at the Connection Desk. Well, as I was thinking about today and what this was going to look like, and I was just praying and talking about it with God over a period of several weeks back in September, he reminded me um, of something that happened to me five years ago at Christmas time, And I'll never forget because I need you to know I love, love, love Christmas. We have four trees in our house right now. If I could put up more, I would. Like, it's just so fun. I love Christmas music. I'm that person. And I remember on this particular Christmas, December 26, five years ago, I remember I woke up, and there was just something not right with my heart. And I couldn't put my my finger on it. And so I I remember I stayed in my house for four days straight. My husband asked me, are you planning on leaving ever again? And I said, you know, I just got to figure out what's going on with me. And what I came to realize was this, is that that particular Christmas season, I had, my whole life had been marked by craziness, chaos, just discord, just anxiety and fear, instead of being marked by peace. And so tomorrow is 25 days before Christmas. And so this morning, we're just going to spend some time talking about what does it look like to be marked by peace. And it's the peace that can only come from God in what tends to be the craziest time of the year. But before we jump in, I just want to pray for us. Father God, we just ask that you send your Holy Spirit today, God. Man, give us revelation. Give us wisdom. Would you change how we do the month of December this year? And on the 26th, would we find ourselves knowing that during this season we had lived a life marked by peace? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're a guest in the room, or maybe you're just here from being out of town, we're so glad you're here, and I just want to invite you just to lean in a little bit about this idea of living a life marked by peace. Because I have to be honest and tell you, I really think peace is something we all want. And I... I also want to tell you that I feel like in December, it's one of the hardest things to find, because I don't know about you, I feel like traffic is crazier, I feel like stores are busier, I feel like my kids are crankier, um, I feel like I'm more tired than any other time of year, and you have to get your kids to their parties, you have to go and bring stuff for their parties, you have to go to your parties, I mean, it's just all of this stuff that happens in December. And as we talk about this idea of peace, I want us to define it because I want to make sure we're on the same page. Because some of us in here or or maybe around the world could think that peace is simply not being at war with your neighboring country. Or maybe peace is knowing that during this season, man, your business is going to soar and you're going to be able to pay all your bills. And you have peace of mind of that. Or maybe peace could be for someone they got a good report back from the doctor and they have the peace of mind knowing that they're okay. But for today, we're going to talk about what the Bible talks about peace. And what's interesting, this word peace in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it means the exact same thing. It's this idea of completeness, of wholeness. This type of peace, it's definitely when things are good, but it's always found when things are hard. This type of peace oozes out of every single part of you. This type of peace can only come from God. And the Bible says that this type of peace is a sign of spiritual well-being. Now, as we get going this morning, we're going to divide this idea of being marked by peace in two different ways. And the first one is this right here, peace with God. And the second one is the peace of God. They're two different things. And so to start off, we're going to start with the peace of God, peace with God, excuse me. Now, when we talk about peace with God, there's two parts to it. And it looks like this. If you have been, the first part, if you've ever been to church for a while, you've heard of this before. It's when the peace with God is found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me give you an example from my life. Uh, When I was right before my sophomore year in high school, um, that is when I found Christ. And I want you to know that when I was born, no one had to teach me how to be selfish or disobedient. I was just that way because that was my nature. And I remember I grew up in church. But it didn't really matter how good I was. I was never going to be good enough to have a relationship with a sin-free and holy God. And so let me tell you what happened from Ephesians 2 with me that year. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. See, that June in my bedroom, I acknowledged the gift that Jesus had for me. And because of what he did on the cross, I was brought near to God, and Jesus was my peace. And so now, all of a sudden, I have this relationship with God. I have peace with Him because of what Jesus did. Look what it says in Romans 5 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I love this word justified because it, it literally means just as if I never sinned. And that June, because of my faith in Jesus, it was as if. Just as if I had never sinned. And I found peace with God. Because peace with God, the first part of it is this idea of this relationship with him through faith in Jesus. Now, I said there were two parts to this peace with God. Now, the second part of this peace is simply this. It is instead of being this long relationship and eternal, it is a daily type of peace. Because what I figured out is that if I'm not careful, sin can rob me of my peace with God. So let me give you an example. I spend some time here on Wednesday nights, and one of the things we do before we ever do our gathering for our students is we meet in this green room, and we have a meeting, and it's usually loud and fun, and there's all kind of mayhem, and I love going to it. But this particular Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago, I had had a really hard day. And everything that could have gone wrong had already gone wrong. So when I walked into the meeting, I was not in the mood for tomfoolery. I was like, let's do the meeting. Let's get back out there. We got to get this thing on the road. You know what I'm saying? And I remember at some point, um, I was short with someone. And this person's a really good friend of mine. And I don't think it really faced him. But I remember in that moment, when I left the meeting, I was like, oh, that's not who I want to be. So I went home that night. And I was really tired because, again, it was a really hard day. And I fell into bed. And I didn't really have time to think about that whole thing. But the next morning I got up and my heart was off. And so I just began to pray. I said, Lord, can you tell me what's going on in my heart? And he just reminded me of that meeting. He reminded me of how I was short and how that's not who he's called me to be. And so just right there, as I was spending time with him, I just I just confess that sin to him and just say, you know, confession is agreeing with God. So I just confess right there and say, God, I am so sorry. I know that's not who you've called me to be or made me to be. I just want to confess that to you and ask for your forgiveness. And I want you to know, just like that, my peace with God returned. Now, if you're in the room and and you'd say, I've been a Christ follower for a long time, I want to ask you this question. When it comes to the topic, when you hear about somebody who met Christ for the first time, do you get excited? Like, do you understand here and here what that means? Because I think if we're not careful, the enemy can steal the wonder and awe of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And if you're here today, and this is all new to you and you're just checking us out, I mean I just want to ask you a question. Do you know you have peace with God? And does the peace that you have with God, does it come through his son Jesus? Because peace with God, it's a relationship with him, eternal. And it's peace with God on a daily basis, confessing our sin and keeping tabs of our heart of what's going on. Now, the second way that we can be marked by peace is right here. It's simply the peace of God, the peace of God. Now, here's what's interesting about this. I can have peace with God but I can choose not to have the peace of God. You see, I can allow circumstances, people, and my emotions to choose me to walk in something else other than the peace of God. I can allow myself to choose worry, anxiety, and fear instead of the peace of God. Now, five years ago, that was me at Christmas time. You see, there was so much going on, and I'll just be honest, I was trying to make everyone happy. And it was exhausting. And I was so worried I would hurt someone's feelings. I was so worried my kids wouldn't have what, have what they needed to go to their little class party. And in the middle of all that, I realized something really important I forgot as a Christ follower. And it's simply this. I have an enemy who wants me to be anything but peaceful. Look at this verse. This is Jesus talking, and it's from John 10, 10, And Jesus says, the thief, that's the enemy, he comes to steal and kill and destroy. And I, that's Jesus, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, we all have an enemy that wants to come and steal and rob us of our peace. And what I know to be true is I really can't have life and have it abundantly if I don't have my peace. Now, you may be asking, okay, why in the world would the enemy care about my peace? And to figure this out, we need to look at the book of Ephesians in chapter 6. Because Paul is writing to the saints of Ephesus of how to be strong in the Lord. And he starts this way in verse 11. In chapter 6, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, Paul tells us two things in here. you got an enemy, the devil. And if you don't want to be outsmarted or outwitted by him, you need to put on the whole armor armor of God. Now, when Paul is writing to the Ephesians about this armor of God, he's writing it looking at a Roman soldier as he's in prison. And he's writing exactly how a Roman soldier would put these pieces on. And these people would have known what this would have looked like. Now look what he says just a few verses down. He starts off with this one because he's telling them about this armor. He says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. So Paul took what the Roman soldiers were wearing, what their armor, and he matched it with spiritual attributes. And I want us to focus on this one right here because this is what we're going to talk about today, having our feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now to really get a picture of this, you got to know what these shoes look like because in my mind, I just thought it was a big boot. That is not true. So the Roman soldiers, the first part of their shoe it was a long piece of brass or copper that started right above their knee and went down to their ankle. And the reason they had this was two things. If they had to go on rough terrain, they wouldn't want their legs to get caught by brush or if they slipped because they didn't want to have an infection or have any injury. But the other reason was this. Oftentimes in hand-to-hand combat, your enemy would come to you and he would try to kick your lower leg in such a way that it would break your leg. And then you would be on the ground, and he would be able to defeat you. But when the Roman soldiers wore this, it protected that part of their leg. And the second part of their shoe was literally this sandal. It was a mixture of woven leather and a metal mesh. And they would tie this shoe on. They would slip their foot in it, and they would tie it right up their leg. And they would secure it really fitted. And the bottom of their soles were made of several layers of leather. And on the bottom of that leather, their feet were covered in spikes. Covered in spikes. You see, Paul was saying, listen, just as a Roman shoulder puts on the right shoes when he goes out to battle, you are in a battle every day, saints of Ephesus. And I need to tell you, you've got to put on your shoes of peace. You've got to be ready. Because here's the scoop I need you to know. When we understand the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus, everywhere we go, we're sharing peace. We're offering people an opportunity to have peace with God and peace with others. But just like the Roman soldiers had to choose to put them on, we have to get up every single day and do that. Now, this peace of God, I believe there's probably more than this, but I've thought of three things that I think it does for us. And the first one is simply this. The peace of God enables us to be ready for anything. Now, in light of this idea of this Roman soldier, I want you to think about their shoes because when they were in hand-to-hand combat, they would have had those spikes, so their feet would have been firmly planted in the ground. It would have been very hard for the enemy to knock them over. But I want you to know, when we put on the shoes of peace, our feet are firmly planted, and it makes it harder for the enemy to knock us over. Because here's the scoop when we walk in the shoes of peace, we can be ready for anything that comes our way. And we can know that in the midst of whatever comes our way, God is with us and he is good. And not only that, this peace doesn't just give you the ability to stand your ground, it allows you to take new ground because every step you take, your foot gets firmly planted with those spikes in the ground And every step is a sure footing all the way. And when we have the peace of God, it really does enable us to be ready for anything. However, when we choose to walk in anything but the peace of God, the enemy has us. Let me give you an example. I would tell you without any qualms that this fall, starting August 1st, has been the hardest fall of my whole life. It literally seemed like If not every week, pretty much every day, something hard was coming across my desk or coming through my home. It was just hard. It was like bad news all the time. And so just the way I'm wired, just so you know, because I understand um, this importance of peace with God. So this thing would happen. It would take me about 24 hours. I would talk it through with God, and I'd be like, okay, good. I've got my peace. Okay, let's go. Then something else would happen. And every single time through August and September, I was tracking I was 24 hours. I was back up. Okay, God, we got our peace with God. I know that you've readied me to be able for anything. I know that you're with me. I know you've got this. I'm good. But then something happened in October, and it was a showstopper. And I want you to know, I no longer was walking the peace of God. I began to walk in fear and anxiety. I was hardly slept for a good four weeks. It just seemed like unbelievable was going on. But we took our staff on a prayer retreat. And one of the things that we did is after we spent time with God, we came back and shared what he told us. And so James shared this passage from Psalm 112, and the whole psalm is just amazing. But it was one of those things like, I needed to hear that. And so it starts out this way in verse 4. It says, light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. Listen, if you are upright and you are righteous, which means you have right standing with God, that tells me, it tells you that you are a man or woman who has peace with God and I was excited about that and then it says right here in verse 7 and 8 he is not afraid, this person who has peace with God, he's not afraid of bad news because his heart is firm, trusting the Lord, his heart is steady and he will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries see the peace of God enables us to be ready for anything and I don't have to be afraid of bad news it's just news Because my heart can firmly trust in him. And I can know that whatever happens, his heart is steady to me. And I don't need to be afraid. And it was like something clicked in me. And I was back. And I want you to know, since then, some other hard things have really happened in the month of October and November. But I know I don't need to be afraid of bad news. And I don't know how Christmas is for y'all at your house But I think there are probably some of us in the room that would like to do Christmas different than you did last year. And I just want you to know, when you walk in the peace of God, you really can do Christmas different with your in-laws. You can not be so yelly at your kids. You can stay within a budget and not overspend so you're in lots of debt the first quarter of next year. I just want you to know, the peace of God can enable you to do anything. My favorite part of this whole Roman soldier shoe is this. That when they would come... As they were approaching a city they wanted to take, sometimes there would be cobblestone streets. And these Roman soldiers would march. And they would make this unbelievable ruckus as their shoes with metal spikes marched in place as they were coming into the city. The sound of that let their enemy know, we are coming for you. And I just want you to know, there's going to be some times when you walk in the peace of God and you're letting the enemy know, I'm coming for you. I'm taking back the territory I've, I've given you. But I want you to know, you are ready for anything because of the peace of God, and you do not need to be afraid. Now, not only does the peace of God allow us to be ready for anything, the peace of God, it guides us. Now, look at this verse in Colossians 3.15, because I just love it. It says this, and let the peace of Christ, or the peace of God, rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Now, again, this word peace, it means what we talked about. It's this idea of peace in good times, but it's always found in bad times or hard times. And it oozes out of every part of you. But Paul is writing, he's saying, listen, let the peace of Christ rule. Now, this word rule was very interesting because it was a Greek word that you would use in terms of to portray the umpire or referee who was calling the shots for an athletic game in the ancient world. So I'm watching football all weekend long this weekend. And so I'm thinking about this in a visual picture. And so we're SEC people, and I see this play go down, and this referee comes out on the field, and I don't know what he said, but I know, here's what I do know, everybody did what he said to do. No one said, that's not right, blah, blah, blah. Whatever the umpire, the referee, excuse me, said, he was ruling the game. He made the call and everybody adjust their yardage. And see, Paul is saying to us, listen, I want the peace of God to call the shots in your life. I want the peace of God to be the umpire of your life and actions. I want the peace of God to be the referee for your emotions and your decisions. See, I really believe our enemy loves to wreck our peace through our circumstances, through our people in our lives, and through emotions. Let me give you an example of what this looks like. I don't know if any of you guys went shopping on Black Friday. I'm not allowed to do that. (laughs) But I'll tell you this. When my kids were little, like three and four, there was always those toys you wanted your kid to get. It was like the toy, you know, Tickle Me Elmo, whatever kind of Elmo, Whatever. And so I would get up early. I would go to the store, right? And there would be a line, and that line would have been specifically for that toy. Now, I would have known because it was Black Friday, they only had a limited amount, correct? So I would have been waiting there three in the morning, not looking so amazing, but it didn't matter because I was getting that toy. And as I'm waiting there, I'm waiting there a couple hours, somebody shows up and they cut in front of me a couple of people. And I'm watching that, trying to keep my cool. So the line begins to move, and they begin to hand stuff out. And when I get to the counter, imagine what I'm feeling when they tell me, oh, the person in front of you just got the last one. Now, I have a choice in that moment, just so you know. You see, I can let the peace of God rule in my heart, or I can let me rule. And just so you know, when that happens, it's usually something that's going to involve somebody bringing out a smartphone and videoing me because it's going to be that crazy, right? And not only that, when I let my flesh rule, I can already tell you I'm going to become bitter, I'm going to become really mad, and I'm going to want to hurt that person. I'm going to go find them. Not only that, when I get home to my kids, I'm going to be in a bad mood, which of course means I will be short and snappy and rude. Now, I don't know if you know this, but it turns out bitterness and anger and meanness and rudeness are not fruits of the Spirit. So now, all of a sudden, when I choose to walk in my flesh, I got a whole other thing I got to deal with because now I am sinning and I got to work on my peace with God. Do you see what I'm saying? So in that moment, I'm just standing there and I'm like, Lord, mm, mm, mm. And I just know what the Lord says to me. I'm talking through with him, and I'll say to him, that person should have done that. I'm super sad mad about this toy. But what I know to be true is I do not want to trade the peace of God over a toy in my life. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to trade that. I don't want to trade that for anything. But when we walk in the peace of God, the enemy loses his power to assault our peace. Now, I want to show you this last part of this verse really quick. It's right here. And he says, and be thankful. Now, I've shared with you guys before that I take my dog out. I, for some reason, am my dog's potty buddy. I feel like the only person most of the time that takes my dog out. And we go out all the time, but especially at night around 1030. And when I'm in my driveway with my dog, every single night, I think of 10 things to be thankful for that happened that day. And every day they are different 10 things. And the reason I do this is simple. Because I know that when I do this, it slows me down. The second thing is this. It allows me to take time to see God moving in my life. Not only that, it fosters thankfulness in my heart towards him. And I really believe with all my heart that thankfulness doesn't just foster perspective. It fosters peace. Because I don't know about you, but I've never met someone who was amazingly thankful and just grateful all the time. That wasn't peaceful. I've never seen anybody. I've never seen that. And I just wanna encourage you over in the next 25 days, I mean, as you're living a lar- life marked by peace, I just wanna say to you hey, find time every night to be thankful. Some days it's hard, it's simple stuff like I had, got a good parking space or it didn't rain. And other days it's like, oh man, I can't even believe that person did that for our family. I'm so thankful. But I want you to know, be thankful. Spend time. Now, the peace of God, it it allows us to be ready for anything. It guides us, and the peace of God, it also guards us. It guards us. Now, look at this passage from Philippians 4. And it reads this way. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now again, I want to tell you what this one word guard means because it's really important. And see, Paul would have known that everybody would have known in Philippi what this word meant. See, this word in the Greek, it was this picture, this idea of a band of Roman soldiers who were standing watch over something or protecting something. Now, at this particular time, the Romans were the government then. And so what that meant is that every day they would see Roman soldiers patrolling the boundaries of the city of Philippi. And what we know to be true is, even if an enemy came and wanted to try to take over, for example, the city of Philippi, because there was a band of Roman soldiers that were ready and guarding that city, They would be unable to take it. And Paul is saying, when you pray and when you lean into God and you are thankful, this is what will happen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, if you can't even explain it, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now let me tell you what this looks like. Because I feel like if this doesn't happen to you, You know somebody that has. Have you ever known somebody that has been in a really, really hard situation? But they're praying, and they are leaning to God, and they're being thankful. And in the midst of all the hardness in their life, man, you just see the peace of God guarding their hearts and their minds. But some of their friends are just like, what are you doing? Don't you understand the gravity of the situation? Don't you understand what's going on? But see, this person has the peace of God guarding their heart and their mind. And the enemy cannot get in to rob them of their peace. He can't get in to steal from them of their peace. All because this person is walking in the peace of God. They're praying, they're leaning in, and they're being thankful. And because of that, they experience something They can't even explain. Now I'll tell you, this past season, that's been me. As hard as it's been, as much as this whole season, I feel like I know nothing about everything that's happening. I have experienced the peace of God guarding my heart and my mind. So I don't have to be fearful. And I can allow the peace of God to rule and to be umpire over my actions and my emotions. Now, I I share with y'all that I love Christmas. And I think the thing that I really love about it is I just love this idea of what it means when Christ came to earth, Emmanuel with us. And I love what it means for us collectively, but I really love what it means for me. And so in Luke chapter 1, the Holy Spirit overcame Zacharias, and he began to say some things in several verses. And he gave four pictures of what it meant for Jesus to come to earth what it really meant and i want to share these with you guys this morning because of the tender mercy of our god whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace so because of the tender mercy of god that sunrise from on high that was jesus and the day that jesus showed up here a new day had dawned for everyone on earth because he came, because of the tender mercies of God. And Jesus came for those who sit in darkness, and that was me. And he came for those who were in the shadow of death, and that was me. And he came to guide my feet and your feet into the way of peace. Do you know that as you do life over the next 25 days, and you just choose to walk in peace, it's unbelievable how God can use that. In a time of year where everybody is crazy and exhausted and poor. You know? And I I think what I love most about this is just reminding us that every time we share Jesus, what he's doing in our life with somebody else, we're guiding their feet into peace. Because the moment I accepted Christ, I got peace with God and I got the peace of God. And the peace of God is vertical, peace with God is vertical, but the peace of God, it is horizontal and it stretches across all my relationships. And I love that God has entrusted me to be a carrier of his peace, just like he trusted his son, Jesus. And when we learn to walk in peace, man, the enemy, he just can't win. You know, one of the things that we, several months ago, we said, you know it will be really great is we just think it'd be so cool if as a church, we all just had a reading plan that we read together during this time of year. And so we chose this one called The Good News of Great Joy. It's by John Piper. And it's on version. It's really easy to find. And just, you know, I've already started doing it. So just so you know, it's like a couple of verses. Do not think you're reading chapters or books a day. It's not that kind of a reading plan. All right. But man, I just want to encourage you. Because I think one of the The best ways to help me live a life marked by peace is for me to make sure that the word of God is written on my heart. I want you to know that my prayer for us today is that every single one of us would wake up on December 26 and we would know that we lived a life marked by peace. Let me pray for us. God, we love you. It's just amazing that you just give us all that you do. And I thank you, Lord, that you allow us to be marked by peace. The peace with you and the peace of you. And you allow us to carry it everywhere we go. And God, I am praying for each heart here. Would we do Christmas different? Would we be that man or woman that we usually aren't at Christmas? And God, would we please you as we lean in to what you've just called us to do? to walk in your peace, in Jesus' name.